Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah. To a certain degree, I mean, yeah, I guess this is a sort of, uh, these are my views and not necessarily the views of CKP because it's one of those things. <laughs> um, I've always sort of thought, yeah, as you say, with, with TV stuff, generally speaking, you kind of need to put it to one side once it's done. Mm. Um that that's just generally the the way that it goes um and i think there's definitely something that could be said for uh having those things online and available um they can actually increase i'm sure i read something about uh monty python uh stopped taking down all of their sort of clips and then they saw their dvds sales spike essentially um because it keeps you in people's minds and stuff like that um so so personally i think i don't know if you've done it for tv then it's sort of no, it's definitely not in the public domain because that's what copyright's for. Yeah. But uh, so public domain is the wrong word, but uh, it's definitely out there already. Um, I think that people get very upset if you record them in a live uh, way. Um, rightly so. Uh, uh, it, people get very annoyed um, being filmed in a live. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I can totally agree with that. Hello, and welcome to the Ask the Industry podcast, episode forty-seven. I'm Simon Kane, and for those of you new to the show, this is the podcast where I interview the most influential people from the worlds of stand-up, comedy, radio, TV, and today, touring. Ali Wilson is the head of live and touring at CKP Productions. If there's something that you need to know about touring, she pretty much will be able to answer it. We get into how to put a tour together, how to find the right tour manager, what you need to, what you actually need in terms of putting together a tour, in terms of a team as well as organisation, and the best way of getting the attention of CKP, what they're looking for, the nights they run, the clubs they run the acts they represent, what they're looking for, basically all the questions you could possibly imagine wanting to ask them, but never quite finding the right time. I should say that we started this podcast in a restaurant calf thing and then had to move out of it back to the office, which is why in the first part of it, there is background music, and in the second part of it, there is nothing. So it's perfectly workable. I'm sorry about that. I can't really do much about the background noise. Speaking of tour, I'm going on tour. And if you live in Bath, it would be amazing if you could come down and watch my show. It's called Buddhism and Cats. It is on at the Bath Brew House at the Bath Comedy Festival on Sunday the 10th of April 2016 at 3pm. It's free to enter or you can reserve yourself a ticket for £5 on the... uh, brownpapertickets.com is the website they're using ticketing or on my website which is simonkane.co.uk I'm not going to bombard you with other tour dates but needless to say I'll be coming to 
Oxford, Edinburgh, hopefully Cambridge, Brighton, a bunch of places. And I'll let you know as and when they come out rather than letting you know every date in one big go. But if you'd like to find any dates, just so you can plan ahead, you can find them all on my website, which is simonkane.co.uk. Think it's forward slash fringe 2016 or tour. You should be able to find a link in the show notes, in the show notes for this podcast, so that's fine. If you're loving this show, please do take 20 seconds out of your day, of your life, and please share a link to a podcast to a friend. It would be really helpful. That really helps with downloads. Or if you've already done that and you don't have any more friends to share them with, please leave me a review in iTunes. That really helps with future guests. I think this episode would be really useful for anyone who's looking at putting on a tour or hoping to tour post-Edinburgh or is trying to decide what they want their Edinburgh Fringe targets to be because we get into a lot of that at the moment. So I hope you get a lot out of this. I certainly did. Without any more delays, this is Ali Wilson. Yep, uh, so that's starting um, from the 12th of January. Um, so that's kind of an evolution of our Monday Club shows that have been running once a month for 19 years, as I mentioned. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of holistically looking after everything to do with that. So that includes sort of programming and setting it up from, you know, finding stuff that put the chairs out. Um, but as I say, the Iris is right up into sort of doing national tours with people and uh, and the productions. Um, and also the smaller sort of one-off sort of uh, festival shows and things that people do in sort of Leicester and the South Bank uh, Centre and stuff like that. Cool. And so weekly comedy is quite hard to promote, or or it seems notoriously quite hard to promote for people who are starting nights because, first of all, they don't have the reputation, they Mm -hmm. don't have like the backing and stuff. I mean, is that, do you think that's just because they don't have uh, 19 years of experience behind them, or or how confident are you? I think it is, um, I I think you, yeah, you just have to be very realistic in a sort of, it's not if you build it, they will come, and that's that's just not the case for (laughs) for any events, essentially. Um, And you have to be realistic about how long it'll take before, you know, you get sort of decent sort in numbers and and as with anything the the show itself is the key it's um quality will always prevail i think um so yeah there's uh, that that's uh, that's our mantra um you've got to start from the beginning make sure that you've got the best quality products and, and go from there really is it mainly for new material for your acts or are you going to have like an open spot for non CKP people. Yeah, I mean it'll be a mixture of uh, a mixture of both, really. Um, mm. Obviously, we do have uh, CKP acts that we like to look after, so mm. uh, they'll be doing they'll be doing stuff down there. Um, but it is yeah, it's going to widen open to to lots of people. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a kind of uh, yeah, we're very interested to see how it's all going to come through. We've got some interesting people that want to do it. Mm. Uh, I can't name any names because otherwise <laughs> they might pull out at the last minute. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we're sort of uh, really excited, really okay. excited. I'm going to wait a sec just to see if that just because I'm because consi- because the thing is my level is at your level um, and and I'm not saying anything so I'm presuming it's picking up on that yeah it's okay like, I it's I, I, I can edit my side down but it's it's better I find if the thing is I found from this the the less editing I can do on the audio recording the better it comes out of the Absolutely, other end because otherwise yeah. you're just distorting stuff just trying to make it work yeah, yeah, yeah. so so yeah you know what I'm fine okay yeah so <laughs> Uh, one sec. Let's let's go with. Uh, so let's let's talk about the, the the what's it called? Sorry, the guinea pig club. Guinea pig club. <laughs> it's fine. It's going to be a constant thing. Well, it's hopefully, there's not a lot of people in here, so I'm, I, that's kind of why I was thinking actually it's going to be fine. Yeah. The so I did an interview yeah, with these two people are having coffee. So once that's done, yeah, they're probably done. Do, do you know Mark Fisher? The he's um he's a theatre critic and wrote the ah. Edinburgh Fringe Survival Guide. Oh, lovely, yeah. lovely. Yeah, I had him on because uh, I do a book club as well mm-hmm. for, for this kind of thing. And when we were interviewing at the Southbank Centre, there was a group of people here who were harmonising, trying to work out like how to get their voices to harmonise. And in, and so as a result, I had to like lower uh, it, but it uh, sounded yeah. Uh, but it sounded like he was in a cult the whole time because oh, he was just talking. angels. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're not. So whatever happens, you're we're not gonna, gonna, we're gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Like, 
I think we're not one of like six people in here, so yeah. it can't be that many coffees they're making. I think we're good. Yeah, go for it. Uh, let's go for it. Okay. Go. Well, um, so you basically, so I want to get to grips with what you do exactly for touring, mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of comedians, especially like the sort of this DIY mentality going around yep. the circuit a lot, where people sort of want to put together their own tours, they want to mm-hmm. go to their own festivals, all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to know exactly what. It is a tour... I assume you... Would you class yourself as a tour manager? Or a tour? Um, yes, I guess overall. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably a good way of putting it. Yeah. And so what would you say is the advantage of having someone like you come on board for a show? And what would you say is may, maybe sort of... Um, mm-hmm. I mean, do you work with the act? Like, as in that you sit down with them and plan it all out? Or do you just say... I know where your show will work so I can get you in these venues or how it's a bit of both and I think that comes down to the way that our company works as a whole we're very collaborative uh, especially with our acts um, I think that you can uh, I think the benefit of, some, of, of, of having someone that does this sort of professionally I guess <laughs> as myself <laughs> is that you know that I have relationships with, with uh, venues because of the years that I've been doing it that mean that I will probably get a better deal I might get a show in uh, in a venue that wouldn't have taken them if they were doing them independently um, and I think that I can usually push for the best possible deals that you can get and that's obviously going to you know affect your bottom line it also means that I've kind of got a whole infrastructure set up for all the other bits and pieces that come along with it sort of PR and, and marketing and I have you know preferred suppliers for lots of things that I know will do me good deals and will be reliable um, and essentially it means and this is the important thing that that the act can focus on just just doing the show and again that comes back to the the show is the key the show is the thing that a good show is is you know the thing that will push you forward and not 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 all the other stuff around the other stuff around helps but it's based on having a good show yeah i think i think one of the things i've liked about going to edinburgh the last couple of years is you you could do it in any room it mm-hmm. doesn't matter like the room is irrelevant ultimately yeah. well up to a certain point up to a certain, up to a certain point, point. And, and then as long as the show is amazing mm-hmm. you're sort of you're, it doesn't it just take you with you kind of thing absolutely absolutely oh. and i think that's so once you've got the show as excellent as a humanly can be and you know we can advise on that if that's something that people are interested in we you know even if it's coming down to people that we think would work well as a director with you that sort of thing um then everything else is just a case of like what we call like nudging the needle essentially it's um it's that extra 10 percent that might make a difference we're i should just point out i probably like we're, we're in a we're in a cafe at the moment yes. um, <laughs> that, that was very quiet when we sat down it was incredibly quiet uh, and i think i think they sort of thought well there's only six people in here we'll, we'll yeah. make loads of noise absolutely <laughs> would you like to come on no i'm joking <laughs> Um, I think yeah, that makes sense. And, and so, obviously, obviously, a good show mm-hmm. is what everyone talks about. But yeah. it's, but it's those both those words are so. I don't want to say um, not very descriptive. Do you know what I mean? The, the word "good" is very subjective. It is somewhat intangible. It yeah. is the devil's in the detail, isn't it? It always yeah. is. Um, and. Yeah, I mean, if we all had the perfect formula for making a good <laughs> show, then um, then that would be absolutely fabulous. Um, I think we have we have good systems, and we have an eye for you do you develop an eye over time for what yeah for, for as I say nudging the needle, just trying to make it that tiny bit better every single time, um, and yeah, and and using the resources that everyone has and and your own resources as as, as well as possibly can. To, to market things, yeah. When you're looking for a show, are you mm-hmm. looking for a show? Because you obviously know your venues yeah. and what they'll book. Because ultimately, not every venue is going to book every show. No, because they have and it's not appropriate. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to send people to, to places that, that they're not going to yeah. enjoy playing or and they're not going to sell. That's a, there's no point in doing that. Absolutely. Exactly. It's just <laughs> yeah. a waste of everyone's time. Yeah, it's a waste of everyone's time. So right. when you're scouting for shows, are you scouting for shows as a sort of in-between between the venue 
and a potential act or are you looking for like shows at first and foremost and then trying to find venues where that will work um, I would say, yeah, it comes down to the show. It also comes because we work almost... We don't work entirely with our own acts, um, but the, we definitely have a sort of holistic approach as our agency, so we would always be looking... You know, we do work with some acts that um, that, that, are, that we don't represent, but it's always nice to keep an eye out for someone that might become part of the agency and that they're, that the tour might lead to something else, you know, that there's a sort of... There's maybe a bit of a roadmap for them. Um but uh, yeah, I don't think I, I, I don't. Yeah, I've never worked backwards from thinking, oh, the venues would like this sort of thing, and I'll go and get that. I think um, you could definitely work from the audience would like this sort of thing, um, and, and find a venue for that to, to play out. I think that's because I guess the venue is also a bit of a conduit between the act and, and the, and the yeah. audience anyway. I think that's a, a way of thinking it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And at what point in the stage or the life cycle of a show mm-hmm. should a performer think about approaching <coughs> some, some, a company like CKP? Because mm-hmm. obviously we've all got an idea for Everyone probably listening to this has a, a good idea for a show. Sure, yeah. But obviously you're not going to be interested in all of them. They're not going to work with everything you work with. And also, like, if, if, you, if you just do one show and you go, oh, that went really well, my friends came down, they really liked it, mm-hmm. you know, that's obviously not the best time to come down. But like, when, when are you looking to sort of scout for shows and when's the best time to sort of invite you to come and see it? Well, there's always, um, I mean, again, it, there's, not always, there's not sort of a f- fixed season no. when we go out hunting. <laughs> um, but obviously, I mean, Edinburgh is always one of those things that lots of people get picked up and it's just, it's just because you're in such a concentrated sort of set of you know creatives and industry it's kind of just sticking everyone into a, a mixing bowl together and see what comes out um but other than that um yeah i guess it's year round really um it's always good if you you know a, a tip for maybe not just myself at the ckp but as a general thing for industry it's always nice to um to show show as finished a product as you can i mean everything's a work in progress so if it's you know if it is a case that you've got one London show uh, but you don't know if you can get everyone down to it, film it, film it on the best camera that you can manage to do it on, um, and get that to people as well. Mm. Um, it's always good to bring the sort of mountain to Mohammed. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's that's definitely a way to sort of turn people's eye. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so, will you? Because when you when I when I email promoters or when I've had promoters on this show. All of them have said, "Don't send me a clip more than five minutes. I don't have time to watch more than five minutes of a new act." Would you, if you if I said, if, well, not me, but if someone sent you an hour, do you you know are you, are you likely to watch the whole thing? Not as a first. I would probably. I mean, <laughs> the best thing to do is to send a clip of you doing amazingly well for a bit, um, and then and seconds. then yeah, <laughs> you know, for a few minutes, and then yeah. you know with. with and that, that usually piques the interest to, to a bit longer. But I think, yeah, I think if you're uploading sort of 10 gigabyte files and, and it's an hour of time without any sort of prompting, I, yeah, I think that's probably not likely to get the first, you know, the, the first uh, pass, essentially. And then, I mean, never say never, but it is just that sort of make it easy for people <laughs> if it's possible. No, it sounds obvious, but I'm yeah. sure you get emails every day going look at my hour when can we talk yeah. <laughs> yeah indeed and indeed and it's yeah so but there, there's lots of ways to approach that again it's sort of I, I do like to see people live so i go out to a lot of london gigs and things like that but it is invaluable to have uh pre-recorded bits and pieces because there's only one of me and there's so many nights a week i can go out before i sort of uh, need to have an item so <laughs> anything that can be done to sort of uh yeah that, that brings it in is, is always great always great yeah 
when, and when you are talent spotting or mm-hmm. when you or when you're looking for new, I mean how often because you can only uh, also in your job you can only support a certain number of acts you only have a certain number of hours in the day mm-hmm. so how often are you even looking for new acts well I think that you always keep an eye out I think it's really important uh, just even if it's just to keep a sort of uh, a finger on the pulse of what's going on in comedy um so, you know, I, do, I try and get to all of the sort of new act finals and a lot of the sort of semis and things like that. Um, it, as I say, it's not necessarily me that takes on the, uh, the the sort of agency side of things. That's sort of the agency side of the, of the business. But it's all good, always good for all of us to have a sort of understanding of who's up and coming and what's going on and, yeah, who's with who. Yeah, and in terms of, like, approaching you, do you mm-hmm. should, should we do it directly or should we, like, as in... Uh, is it, is it best to send in like a general, you know, all at CKP email or do you just go direct to you? I mean, what's your preferred method of not getting spammed? But bearing in mind that these get listened to quite a lot by comedians. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. Um, no, that's very true. Um, Never email. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Email is absolutely grand. Um, it takes... it. I try. I do try and watch every single clip that I get sent. Um, I don't necessarily do it straight away. I often binge watch them, like spill it out for a couple of weeks, and then watch it all on a Saturday or something like that. Um, so I'd say if you're sort of following something up, give give someone at least ten days to have a little look at it. I know that's, a, but um, just just because it does tend to go in a file, going to watch, will watch. Um, but yeah, I think sort of. If, uh, I think it's important to sort of personalise it as well. I think um, nobody particularly responds well to round robins where they've sort of got the wrong sort of company name in it. Um, but yeah, but it's absolutely fine, I think, to uh, uh, to approach us and, and email us. That's usually the first point of contact for a lot of people, definitely. Okay. And if you're, if you're an unsigned act mm-hmm. uh, looking to progress, what... Uh, I, well, I tell you what, actually, let's talk about competitions for a sec because yeah. you just sort of mentioned that. I, I know a lot of my friends, for example, like we're talking sort of of the ilk of like five, six years in, mm-hmm. have sort of decided let's stop doing these competitions now because it's getting to a stage where we're A, we're doing them every year sure. and it's sort of getting into a cycle or B, we're getting fed up of competing against each other yeah. and, and reeling a bit like, oh, hi dude, how's it going? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Glad you got through this time. But you're not really. Yeah, absolutely. It's more... Um so with new app competitions, I can totally understand how after a certain point you just you also don't want to be perceived as a new act after a while. I, I definitely get that. Um, I think, to be honest, for the industry, it is kind of handy because you get to see there's a level of pre-selection that you kind of can go and see 12 acts that have kind of, you know, been pre-selected to, you know, tick some boxes and that sort of thing. So that's, <laughs> that's it's, it's kind of handy to sort of uh, be able to see these people in one go. Um, but yeah, I can understand entirely why after a certain point you go, look, I've, I've done my time here. But it's more, I think, getting on people's radars than it is. It's certainly about more than winning things, I think. Um, I think people can get very sort of disheartened about sort of doing competitions, especially year after year, and not winning things. And it's really not necessarily about that. It is, it's about just kind of being in a place where a sort of industry can see 12 wonderful people all in one go and go oh he's interested I'll go and see his show or you know for those of you wondering why it got quieter in this part of the podcast is because we moved from the calf to the office and it's um, there's no one here so yeah and there's no longer background noise so that's yeah. quite nice yeah. so <laughs> I might add in jazz later yeah I think that sounds fair that was Definitely very sounds fair. relaxing yeah it was, it was um, good mood I can't remember where we got to. Oh, we're talking about comp- awards. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's just and it's interesting just to keep uh, an eye on uh, where comedy's at. I think um, 
lots of interesting things come through awards and it is um it is yeah as i say it's it's good for people not to get too disheartened by them i really do i've, I've spoken to acts as well who sort of feel like you're sort of putting yourself on a uh, you know you're putting yourself out there but it, as i say it's not about winning it it's just about getting in front of people and and you know they will remember your name and mm. uh, yeah kind of like edinburgh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah i i had a discussion with someone the other day because they were oh, I can't remember who it was it doesn't matter actually yeah. but they we they were saying oh you know i i get down a certain number of people but i don't have that many people on twitter or something like mm-hmm. that and i was like yeah but they remember your name because yeah. they come down it doesn't matter if they're not following you on that oh yeah absolutely you know I, mean? I mean that's also the same with all sort of social media thing that it's not necessarily about numbers it's about engagement isn't it yeah. that's and that's kind of how building a fan base works as yeah. well you know that, that that is it um yeah, I guess lots of comics have uh, a small but incredibly loyal fan base. Mm. I mean, like, I guess Daniel Kitson is the ultimate version <laughs> of that. Yeah. Um, or then, you know, you can have uh, mass appeal, um, but then only have you know, people sort of occasionally maybe turn up to something or they'll see a DVD and go, oh, yeah, maybe sort of thing. There's, there's different ways to approach that, yeah. So um, you said that, like, competitions are just about getting on people's radar from your perspective. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I understand that totally. But, I mean, for, for me, competitions have come this thing where... Um, so like five minutes for example is what you normally get at every competition yeah. and that doesn't really work for a lot of acts like I mean yeah. I know I know Hills for example when I spoke to her Hills Jager she said um, you know if you can't make me laugh in a minute what's you know what I mean you, you got something wrong Stuart Lee can make me laugh in a minute even though he has long jokes mm-hmm. and I understand her point but I'm saying that a fight like it's like the it's like the gong show for example mm-hmm. isn't set up for everyone much like no yeah yeah so do you think it filters a lot of people out who maybe you might not get to see simply because they don't get through yeah i think that comes up but then then sort of then you look at a broad range of things like awards and nights that you go to um you're right certain certain awards are not going to have the same people in uh, all the single times i mean you do get some people that seem to sweep the board of things but um but yeah you you'd go looking in different places for different things definitely mm. um yeah, and just again, just because you've not got through one award doesn't mean anything particular to you. It, again, you might just have that style that doesn't fit. It is very hard to to do a one minute joke, but also if you can do a one minute joke, that's sort of that's a skill in itself that's quite handy. So you know, it's yeah, it's uh, yeah, different uh, horses for courses. Is that the right word? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And in terms of awards uh, in relation to touring. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time after Edinburgh, you see people, you know, going through the Soho runs or, mm-hmm. or around the country and all of the posters say, you know, they won this award at Edinburgh or they've been, you know, doing these new act awards and, and then quotes and stuff. I mean, are, do they actually help with like selling tickets awards? Because like, I imagine outside of our bubble of industry, if, if it says, you know, new comedian act, no, so if it says something specific like new musical comedian act of the year 2015, for example. Mm-hmm. If you're a mu- if you love musical comedy, that might pull you in. But if it just says new act of the year or something like that, mm-hmm. I, I mean, does it does it really have a pull? It's not. Uh, it's definitely not a guarantee for anything. <laughs> uh, it really isn't. Um, it's all part of like creating a war chest. Um, yeah. I think all these things individually can can help along. You know, having a nice quote from a broadsheet, that sort of thing. Um, you know, and having credits like that. Um, obviously, a, a large thing is sort of TV exposure. That's a, a a big you know game changer for uh for touring um but all these things individually kind of add up to the more than some of their parts but yeah i think it, it's it's fair to say that you couldn't sort of well i don't i don't feel you could tour off the back of say you know one one winner uh competition or anything like that um although nowadays people do have interesting fan bases there's things like you know youtube and stuff like that that you can kind of uh 
create whole sort of uh, audiences off the back of and uh, and sometimes bypass the, the usual routes of things essentially mm. yeah totally like we were saying before it's just it's about building that fan base and yeah. getting them to come down and I assume that is something you also factor in when you're looking at acts because if they already have a bit of a fan base on a channel or, mm-hmm. or over some sort of social media outlet yeah it certainly helps and then and then you can use that to the best of uh, of your advantage really uh, yeah it's definitely uh, definitely helpful yeah more and more online things are um are really important and a really good medium to connect it comes back to that engagement thing mm. of um you know sort of creating a relationship with your fan base as well so you know they get to see exclusive content and um yeah they, they, they feel like they're in a sort of dialogue with you i think that's um i think people like that with their their acts and things like that it's um yeah it's kind of like a band i guess you know it's that sort of you you want to be able to interact with them and and yeah get a tweet back from them and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah you don't I think most of my friends who are trying to play around with social media at the moment don't realise the value of what they do sometimes because mm. you you forget that you are a fan of someone else. Yeah. And if and if for example I tweeted one of my favourite bands and they replied and said, Sure, we'll play that song when you come to see us in February or whatever, I'd be like I would totally I hate the phrase, but fangirl them. I'd be like, Oh my god, they yeah. actually read my you know, whatever. And you, when you reply to people, for example, I mean mm. uh, I remember at the end of it one of the people that came to see him in Edinburgh, they drove like an hour to come and oh, see wow. me. I know and that's I I'm not pretending that's like a regular <laughs> thing that happens <laughs> great, yeah. in any way, but they drove like an hour, an hour and a half to come see me. Um and then they and then they saw my show and just went home. And I was like, Oh, that's amazing and so I sort of sent them a message afterwards going, That was really nice and they flipped out and you and you and I and I was a bit take I was like, Oh my god But you, you <laughs> You feel awkward about it but at the same token you're a bit like that's how i'd be as well you yeah. know you have to sort of yeah so yeah. but i mean is, is it worth when you get contacted then for us to say because i mean obviously i would say a lot of performers don't like to toot their own horn in that way mm-hmm. you know what i mean like we might do it on like a poster where we don't have to see the person that we're you know marketing to but if we're sending you for example email we go i've got two hundred thousand followers on twitter and i've got 20 million subscribers on whatever you know what I mean? it feels like we're bragging and well yeah i mean it but it's a, it's a it can be an interesting useful resource if it's and it also i think you have to be quite bespoke there is no one size fits all for, mm. for anything really um mm. and yeah you know if, you, if you've got a bajillion twitter followers but you don't feel that happy about mm. sort of you know promoting yourself then there's gonna have to be other ways that you work around that that sort of mm. thing um so yeah but it's it's definitely something in in the arsenal as i say the war chest building up of things that you know you can kind of you know find your audience and uh, and have people yeah follow you around uh, on tour and and a lot of smaller festivals have started i don't want to, mm-hmm. i don't want to say smaller let me rephrase that a lot of more localized festivals have started up around the boutique, country boutique yes boutique yeah Ooh. that's better a lot of boutique festivals have started up around the country yeah and um a few of my friends have done a few of them and i'm looking at doing a few of them next year and most of them have said that they're really good because when you leave london you go to somewhere smaller as it were um which is not hard compared to london yeah, fair point, yeah. yeah like I, I can say at that time um you get somewhere else and they don't get a lot of comedy and they're really glad that you've even come to see them yeah that means you get like a nice audience and they're sort of up for it mm-hmm. and even if they don't like it they're very respectful and stuff yeah do you think lovely? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Do you, Do you think this is going to be a good thing in the long term? Because I mean, like the I think the more festivals there are, it's going to be great for festival acts. But do you think it will just start to um, saturate it a bit? Because if 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 they get used to there being a festival there, it just becomes a thing then, and it stops being that you know exciting thing that comedians are coming out for, and then and then just becomes another festival, another festival city, as it were. Or do you think it's a good thing? Well, I do think that's. I think it's it's again it comes back to the devil in the detail because. Um, you know, you can't just put a poster up and book three acts and call it a festival. That's you know, that's that, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't work. But um, but I think that uh, it's quite exciting. Um, I think 
there's almost like a little mini circuit that's emergence, emerging of smaller festivals. Mm. Um, and a lot of them kind of make sense because a lot of them essentially work as your preview towards Edinburgh. I mean, that's, you know, not to be too Edinburgh-centric, but that does kind of, that kind of works out quite nicely. You kind of bounce around some of these slightly nicer places and try your jokes outside of London because a lot of the industry is incredibly London-centric. Um, and, yeah, you, you want to try some jokes and remember not to say Oyster Card and that sort of thing, you know. <laughs> um uh, so I, whether it could be oversaturated, I mean, anything could be oversaturated, really, if there's too many of them, and especially if the quality isn't kept up, that's always, that's the, that's the death of anything, really, if, uh, if there's not good curation and not good, um, sort of, yeah, running of everything, but it seems to be interesting the way that sort of people seem to be more happy to come out and see sort of touring shows, um, maybe in the last sort of five or so years, there's definitely been a lot more people out on tour. Um, and, you know, what you can count as tour, you know, going around the smaller festivals can absolutely be a tour. Mm. Um, I think that's quite a it's, a... it's a sort of a nice audience to open up, I think. Mm. Yeah. When you say that a lot of the, the, the businesses... Not the business. A lot of the industry is very London-centric. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's got to a state... Because it sort of sometimes can feel like, especially when you're sort of trying to push your way up, sure. that a lot of clubs have, should we say, a rotation of acts they sort of put on every so often and, and they've got their own acts that they sort of obviously mm-hmm. prioritise. I mean, do you think it's possible for an act to, to get through without management to get to a stage where they can play the clubs every couple of months or every six months or something? Or do you think it's tied up in, in the fact that you guys have, as you say, kind of not gatekeeper status, but whoever you take on, they're going to trust a lot more than if we were to contact them directly. Sure. Um, I think, I I definitely don't think that it's, especially when it comes to things like sort of live club bookings, I think that that's uh, something that you do try and keep your eyes open wide for. Um, And I would never like to sort of feel like I program just because I sort of know management and things like that. Um, So, because I mean, we do have a system, we have open spots that kind of, uh, that come on and progress that way, um, which I mean, I do get pretty much everyone to to do one of those before they sort of do a weekend show with me. And I think that is still something that, um, I think the existence of of sort of open spots and even on weekend shows is kind of important because that is how people get through the door. Um, And that is the sort of chance for people to sort of you know again it comes down to are you any good in front of this audience you know not necessarily who you know or another anything like that and it's sort of uh i think that's probably the most egalitarian way of doing it really (laughs) are you any good (laughs) yeah Yeah, totally i think i think uh something that i I met a a very very new act recently Mm -hmm. and they said oh i really want to be able to play every room and i remember being in that mentality and i just sort of had a moment i was like you could, you do that like you won't be able to play every room it's no. just not possible no it is just not possible no, no. it isn't and and to ch- almost to be honest uh, to try to do that is to dilute yeah. what will make you the funniest i think you you're you're funny because you're you i think that's what it comes down to um you know um you you kind of always want something with a little bit more you don't just want someone that you know will just tell some generic jokes you want to know why you want to be on this in per- this person's company essentially yeah, um so to try and dilute yourself to make yourself able to play every single room i think is probably counterproductive yeah <laughs> no that's that's completely my take on it as well mm. i mean i remember when i used to be excited about going oh, i'm going to try and play every room and it's going to be great but then you're like that is, you don't you, you don't need to be able to play every room to be viable as an artist no, you know I mean? no no definitely no definitely not um and yeah, I get, it's one of those things. I'm sure that, like every net in your actual company, there will be some rooms that you cannot play. You know, there's uh, yeah. some. Um, that's uh, yeah, it's all part part of the course. I think. Yeah. Jill Edwards put it beautifully, where she said, um, "Just because you don't get booked by a 
just because you don't get booked by a promoter doesn't mean that you're not good. Absolutely. And just because they didn't book you, they're not a dickhead. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice thing. Yeah, I'd like to hope that that's true. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that is absolutely true. Mm. Um, again, it's sort of, I wouldn't get into specifics, but there's people that I really enjoy that I see other places and sort of, you know, I've, I've put them on open spots and gone, no, I can't. No, you know, I'm not terrible, but I feel like, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, and some people kind of yeah it, it's it's one of the just because yeah you don't get but doesn't mean you're not good that's so true I've seen lots of people do fantastic things in different rooms and it, that is the interesting thing I think when you tend to go out and watch a lot of comedy you do realize sometimes how intense the relationship between a sort of uh, audience and room is with that comic and the difference it really can make you know to, to how people perform I guess yeah yeah, definitely, definitely. And in, ter- and in terms of finding the rooms you can play, mm-hmm. how do you assess that for acts? I mean, obviously, you've seen. I assume when you're picking up an act to represent for life work, mm-hmm. you will have seen them. You will have seen them enough that you probably can mouth the words at them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and and so you kind of you obviously know what they're doing, and so you can mm-hmm. kind of picture where they might work. But I mean, do you still run with trial and error a bit, where you sort of say, "Well, I know they'll work in these five rooms, but I'll also put them forward for this person." Yeah, there's always it's it's balanced risk, isn't it? There's sort of uh, if you always go with safe things, you won't you won't achieve the most you can achieve. But mm. that, taking risks means. You know, it is a little bit of trial and error, I guess, but you try and balance that up. So overall, it's it's a safe a safer bet as you can take. Yeah. yeah. Um, would you tell the like? Would you tell a say a booker? Mm-hmm. You know, this person, I'm pretty sure they'll work really well in your room. Or would you just say? Would you just go? I'm, I'll book them because obviously it might be worth transparency wise for that booker to know ahead of time that you're taking a risk in that way. They might be able to position them on a bill where you know what I mean. They're between two solid acts they know work in that room or would you just sure I mean I um, I don't actually organise the live diaries for the acts okay. uh, in, in circuit gigs and things mm. um, that's actually uh, done by the wonderful Helena who uh, works in the office um, but I think I think you generally know where you're getting people into and the, the truth is if we take acts on we're very excited about them so and I think that excitement can be enthusiastic you know it's uh, infectious hopefully mm. and that's and that tends to be the way that we sort of uh, get open doors for them but um yeah, I think, again, it's a very small industry. So I do think that a good recommendation from someone else does count for a lot. Um, but it's always, yeah, I, mm, interesting. I've ever put any on just because of someone's recommendations. No, I think I've always seen someone first. But um, it definitely does count for something, I think, when mm. somebody with a bit of, you know, with, with a passion will go, actually, you should put this guy on. He is brilliant. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, we'll go back to tour, mani- tour, tour managing then, because <laughs> yes, cool. uh, that's, that's what you do. Um, so how would someone, say say you've got a show mm-hmm. and you're really happy with that show and you've done it in Edinburgh, it's gone well, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. How do you find a good tour manager? Like, what's the starting point? Because obviously you can look at who they've represented before, mm-hmm. but that's not always, should we say, as... Uh, transparent on a website can say you know they've done this tour with this company and you know for example your head of life here but I don't know who you've represented directly with those kind of things without asking you directly Mm -hmm. so how would someone find a touring manager that would work for them well there's lots of I mean there's there's various different companies that do it um and I think actually yeah do ask around I think um everyone sort of I hope that people will say nice things about me um, and um, you know uh, do ask around uh, for, for recommendations that's always you know word of mouth in an industry is fantastic um, but 
I think there is a sort of element of going, let, uh, you know, sort of put it out to, to as many people as, as you like and see who's interested in, and then sort of and take it from there, take a view from there is what I'd suggest. Okay, and once you've got the tour manager, so once you've taken on a show, mm-hmm. for example, in fact, do you, so when you take on a show, are you sort of signing up to take a commission of the sales of the tickets or of like just, just a cut of, um, like how how does that work? How does that, Standard you, tour deal, yeah. yeah. You take a, you, you, yeah, you take a, a cut of the, the total profits, yeah. Okay. That's the standard, yeah. Yeah. Um, so once you've taken on the show and you've agreed a deal and you, mm-hmm. you're you're ready to like put them around, what's the next step? Do you just you start to contact venues or you contact PR? like what's the order for things that you would need to do? Because obviously you you don't want to book something in too soon and then not have time to get promotion, but you don't want to, yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I would say most tours book in about say eight or nine months in advance maybe okay. i mean that's it's quite a big window it's usually season to season because right. you want to get in in brochures brochures make a big difference uh for each venue and that's always slightly you know that's quite venue dependent uh, but there's generally sort of seasons that people book in um so yeah you'd start contacting them building a schedule around that sort of thing uh when you have that sort of locked in and you start thinking about uh sort of obviously print needs and stuff like that um and pr needs and building things on top of it um but yeah i think uh, i've always worked with with building a tour first and mm-hmm. then yeah putting things around it so in terms of stuff post edinburgh mm-hmm. you'd be looking at january february to have a yeah. show locked down is that yeah? yeah 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 i mean yeah so at the moment i'm starting to put in stuff for after edinburgh this year yeah. So next year, 2016. Yeah. It's December, by December the way. December 2015 at the moment. As, we're, as we're recording this. Um, yeah, no, because it's just interesting because a lot of, I, I say a lot of, a, a few of my friends, they sort of leave it very last minute to write the show or very last minute to, to prepare the show. And we all have to have the, oh, when, when's the deadline for Edinburgh? I think the deadline for Edinburgh is like end of January or something, isn't it? To have like stuff. Well, on. there's there's lots of different ones. Uh, the very, very <laughs> first ones, yeah, at the end of uh, January. I think the very last one is April, but yeah. uh, there's there's various different cutoff points, yeah. Yeah, so is it, and this is going to sound really odd because like the industry is very Edinburgh and London centric. Mm-hmm. So is that deadline because of the way you guys operate? Is it because, you know, you, is it because you guys need to have stuff ready to for post Edinburgh? So you're seeing Edinburgh as sort of a starting block. Or is it just they they need that's it that just far? Their, as far as oh, I'm okay. aware, that's just their deadline. Um, okay. Yeah, I've uh, no, I don't. Th- there's not a huge amount of um, yeah. The, the, the fringe deadlines are the fringe deadlines. Um, <laughs> no, okay. it, it doesn't feel like they've uh, particularly kind of. It's it's not a you know it's not one of those things. Um, it does sort of. It's one of those things. Deadlines make things happen. Wherever you drop them, it makes things happen. I yeah. think. You know? Yeah, they've not taken you into account. Essentially, <laughs> you're, you're working around. Them. Well, they they have thousands and thousands of shows to uh, to organise and oversee, and I can imagine that's uh, that is like yeah, <laughs> turning a tanker. But yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so how do you view Edinburgh? for your acts I assume each one will have a different target but you know like whether you want it to be a springboard for a tour or whether you want it to be some sort of Soho run or whatever but mm-hmm. when, when you think of Edinburgh other than ah well, how, do you, <laughs> how do you view it? Um, I think it's always a great opportunity for people um, I think there's a lot of things that people can get out of Edinburgh um, it's, it's good to go in with you know that uh, the slightly Stephen Covey thing of start with the end in mind. Um, it is good to have some ideas of, of of tangible things that you're working towards, and that's the nice thing about working with the sort of agency side of, as well. So you can kind of set sort of ideas for agencies and things. So, um, but I think it's a really great opportunity for people to be 
to really flex their wings because it is you know even if you're doing a, a split 20 minutes um it can that can be a lot longer than you're used to doing on stage so it really can help you build up your material it can give you um a chance to find your voice um on the wider scheme of things obviously there is a lot of industry up there so um that's something that you can target and and, and look to take forward um but I, th- I think it's a yeah it can be a really great it, it can be a real sort of a, a chrysalis thing of, of you know it can it can really um help stretch you a little bit i think as an act um even if you know even if you don't feel it's a tangible thing that comes out of edinburgh i genuinely think that edinburgh tends to kind of make comics sort of step up essentially mm. i think again it's it's that sort of writing an hour of of funny material that you you know you can perform every day with a sort of knowing that this is the best you, can, you know hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is your best stuff. I think that's important. You say on your website that you also produce shows as well as manage tours. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between a producer and a tour manager? Ah, well, the... Um, okay, so the difference between a producer and a tour manager, I guess a tour manager in that particular phrase generally tends to be more day-to-day, uh, tends to look after... Um, making sure that everyone gets to the right place at the right time that every venue is set up as per and there's riders and things like that where um a producer um would it sort of builds it from the ground up essentially um and that's kind of the same with yeah the difference between um so tour manager specifically tends to be someone that would go out on the road with an act um and and kind of you know act as a second pair of eyes and just kind of get everything done that needs to be done um whereas yeah the producer would probably be a bit more sort of office based and phone based and all that sort of stuff so you go out on tour with the acts or um i don't personally some of the acts do have uh tour managers that go out with them um i don't i don't drive so that's <laughs> that's a big uh downside but um generally for the smaller tours uh people don't really need that sort of um 
you know day-to-day kind of um help with things but with sort of even even with art centers and things like that they know what they're doing and they're not expecting someone to turn up and sort of re-rig all the lights it's not going to be a van halen concert you know um but obviously with bigger tours um uh, ckp co-promoted with with live nation for for mickey flanagan um then that is you do need someone there to oversee Mm. the crews and the you know uh, literally putting all the lights in and making sure Mm. everything's as it should be uh you do need someone to sort of uh to sort of push that through um but i think definitely for for smaller tours i think you know as long as everyone knows where they're supposed to be going it's Mm. you don't need too many people sort of uh coming with you keep it simple yeah yeah totally totally (laughs) uh stuart lee said that um the less people you have with you the smaller the budget the more profit you get at the other end or something like that well i mean that's basic maths yeah absolutely it is but it is it is uh, i mean it's uh, it seems it's worth repeating you know it's um there's that sort of thing with any budget the sort of you can have a gold-plated rolls royce if you pay for it you know (laughs) sort of he he does have a way with words to make something as simple as maths sound very (laughs) intelligent like that yeah yeah so when you're so the interesting thing for me about what you said a a while ago was Mm -hmm. um you're putting in stuff now for after edinburgh now from an outsider point of view it looks like if you go to Edinburgh and you win the, I mean I'm sure for example the Soho Theatre keep a slot free for whoever wins the newcomer award I think that's that's slightly different but yes they definitely do yeah so I think it could look a bit like from the outside if you don't win an award you don't get sort of you know the the plus points of the springboard that Edinburgh can offer Mm. but it sounds like the reality of the situation is, as with, for example, X Factor, for example, you know, uh, if you win the thing, you automatically get a record contract and it happens to be near Christmas. And so you're most likely going to get a number one because hmm. of all the backing and, and the, like you said, the emotional connection people have made with you throughout yeah. the weeks and stuff. So it feels like uh, to a certain degree, yes, if you win an award, you might get some shows out of it at the other end. Definitely. But ultimately, you guys are already planning stuff in now for post Edinburgh. So it's not as... It's not as cotton dry. I think that people people can get very fixated on awards mm. and can lose the sight of why you would go to somewhere like Edinburgh. Like it, there's no denying that sort of to win, like say the big Edinburgh Comedy Award. Yeah, I mean you'll definitely, well, almost certainly get your sort of Soho Theatre run, and uh, there will be some heat around you that wouldn't have got, but if you focus too much on winning these things and thinking this is the one thing that's going to be your big break or going to make you, you can take your eye off the show again. Mm. So we come back to that, you know, it can, it can just be about how do I impress these, you know, 10 people that choose this award, not how do I make the best show I can make? Um, you know, because that's only 10 people in a room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it does. It does. It definitely helps winning an award, that sort of thing. But um, it's, it's, yeah, I've seen a lot of people sort of, too fixated on it yeah totally. <laughs> yeah i can i, I yeah same <laughs> but it, it, the problem is that edinburgh um it, it's so i don't know I, I don't like i'm trying not to talk about it as much in these but the thing is it's so it's such a big part of the year yeah that you can't really not acknowledge that you know what i mean it's, it's yeah. like christmas in marketing it's, yeah <laughs> yeah it's all sort of yeah it's absolutely that it's mm. absolutely that it's uh i think it's naive not to mention it I, again sort of all roads seem to be looking back to edinburgh everything that we've sort of said to a certain degree and obviously we're kind of you know i, I spend a lot of time doing it and, and mm. you've been up there but um i still think it is a real integral part of our you know the industry i really mm. do think it is um but yeah it for not just because it's 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 you can't be too shorted about it, too short-sighted about it. You can't um, think you'll go up there and somebody will walk in with a big cigar and go, go make you a star and you're going to get, you know, you're going to get a sitcom off the back of it. But, you know, 
the first year you go up, you're going to get on a couple of people's radar. And the second year up, you might get a bit of buzz and that might lead to a few meetings with people that then might, you know, it's, it's, it is, it, what's that standard thing? It takes 10 years to make an overnight success. It really yeah. is that. It really is that. Yeah, totally, totally. And so, um, when you're putting together, oh, well, let's ask it this way around. Hmm. Um, for, you've probably seen a lot of independent comedians try and put on their own tours and try and push their own things around the country. When and you don't have to mention names, what are the biggest mistakes that you see a non-professional sort of overlooking that you would obviously have maybe some sort of plan in place because you've obviously got your mind ready to go through the process for the hundredth time? So, ooh, let me have a think about that. Um, hmm, just trying to think of a list of tall mistakes, uh, or maybe things that you've learnt in the last decade that that you um, would say that people would probably overlook just because in their first in their first year like you in your first year mm-hmm. in this job you probably made no offense you probably made mistakes everyone oh, does gosh, everyone does yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, everyone's human yeah all these things and, and you do so as, but mm. minimize as much as possible <laughs> um i think uh it's quality not quantity that's always a, an important thing i think with tours that just because someone will is willing to take a tour date doesn't mean that you should just put in every tour date that comes back to you um some venues do sell better than others and some venues will sell better for some acts than others um just because that programmer is trying to fill their you know book before the brochure goes out doesn't mean that you should kind of go oh well mm. they said that we'll take them um mm. that's definitely something uh that you build and build on um you know, there's no point doing a 75 date tour if if it's just splitting your audience 75 ways, essentially. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so that's important. Um, I think, yeah, learning to, to use your own resources as much as you humanly can. Um, just think of all, just think of everything that you, you possibly have to help market you. And that does include social media. That includes any ties that you have to any local areas. Mm. Um, that sort of thing those can all come into play Um, it's one of those things that you may as well kind of dig deep there's no bad ideas when it comes to marketing these sorts of things I'm sort of like uh, wide open to ideas about that sort of thing Um, yeah do you want to come back to the, yeah that's okay. a answer sorry no it's fine well, what we can do is we'll just carry on and yeah. then randomly you can go oh I've got something sure <laughs> yeah that's cool um, and that will have, mean everyone will have to listen to the end um, <laughs> um, so yeah so when, you, when you're marketing a show then mm-hmm. stunts for example in Edinburgh I think they're lovely and they, they sound really great as long as you hear about them and the right people hear about them otherwise they can be a bit gimmicky at times and uh, by the way, for the record, she nodded. It wasn't just... <laughs> that's not just what, oh, sorry, can I not say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's okay, fine. Right. No, it's Cause, fine. Cause, <laughs> it's cause, true. Well, because no, I, 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 feel, I feel like no one else wants to acknowledge that. And it, yeah. feels, it feels very much like it's, it's, it's great. And, and the Malcolm Hardy ones, for example, you know, the ones they pick mm-hmm. up on, generally are very good stunts. But a lot of them are sort of people going, oh, well, I've got a show about horses. I'll ride a horse through, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the centre of the town. And... Um, uh, but, but like you said, no. Are you st- are you adamant of like no press? No press is bad press, as it were. No, I don't saying? think that's true. Yeah. No, no. There's definitely such thing as a bad press, and that's why you you know hopefully have people that will uh, you know guide you around that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I think it definitely. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a throw enough at the wall and something will stick approach. <laughs> definitely not. But I just mean take stock of of what you might you may not realize that you you know it may not look like you have loads of facebook followers but every time you post something that everyone gets involved in it mm. um you know or it may not look that you know it, you may think oh what's the point of making a website of myself and then you do it and then you realize that people are actually going there to get your bugs and they mm. notice that you're on at gigs and that sort of thing um so yeah just take stock i think of of, of all all avenues there's no such thing as a bad idea but 
doesn't mean that go with the first you know you need, yeah. do need to finesse it don't get me wrong <laughs> i i always say there's no such thing as a bad idea but there is such thing as a bad execution oh yeah okay i can see that yeah i can see that definitely yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um uh, okay, right. These are quick fire questions that have been submitted by <laughs> listeners. Um, right. You can take as long as you want. I, they're just quite short questions. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, would you ever blacklist or whitelist a club slash venue based on an act's feedback? Ooh. Uh, you'd definitely take it into account. Yeah. I think well, we're all working together, so it's good to know it's a small venue uh small venue small industry so you can't really screw anyone over and that's quite nice i think <laughs> so, yeah yeah if it gets out quite quickly mm. in terms of actually just building off that you know the uh comedy guild, guild yeah the so like a comedy union thing yeah i think they've set up a union with see this is the thing i'm, I'm sort of trying to keep up with what's happened <laughs> me too i'm sort of and yeah. I, I probably should be more invested i, I should yeah. be up to date with it but i kind of yeah well, i the, see things on chortle yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of, yeah. The, the worst part about that is is one of my friends is one of the members of the founding members of it and mm-hmm. they've said to me do you want to join and i'm like yes i do but i only know part of it can you tell me yeah, more about it yes, um, is, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah but okay so uh, as far as i understand it there's there's a union a sub-union within equity now yes, for comedians equity, yeah. and but there is a comedy guild that deal directly with compl- like complaints that comedians are specifically having about you know for example junglers not paying or uh, you know like certain promoters badly running nights mm-hmm. or or setting up nights just to profit off comedians and not paying them or oh. you know, all that kind of you know all that kind of stuff that happens but stuff that is just not cool yeah no, no, yeah that's, they should have called themselves stuff that's not cool yeah. guild um well it's it's important that uh as yeah it's important that word of mouth and reputation is really important mm. in any industry and especially so here mm. um i mean i guess i guess it works both ways i'm sure there's you know acts that um maybe not don't always turn up or things like that um yeah. But yeah, I think there's there's definitely no harm in um in, in publicising things like that. And certainly maybe giving people right of reply as well. Um mm. because you, you wouldn't wouldn't want it to become witch hunty. Um, no, not at all. So you wouldn't want it to become, you know, let's let's all say about this person XYZ. But um it's definitely worth somewhere to pool thoughts about things. Um yeah. or nothing ever changes, you know, unless unless something unless something gets done, nothing ever changes, yeah. Yeah, I totally get what you mean. It's uh, and yeah, I think I think the right to reply is the biggest element mm. of that because uh, there's a really good book called um, So You've Been Publicly Shamed. Okay. Um, I think it's by John Ronson. I read it I read it a while ago. And it's really good. It's all about uh, the mob mentality and how online uh, people can just it start a rumour. And it can. And if yeah. you're a big enough person, it can just go like wildfire. And it wildfire. becomes the truth. Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, yeah, that's always the, uh, it's the dark side, isn't it, of all yeah. this stuff. It really is. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's an odd one to watch. It's... Um, but yeah, definitely yeah. the dark side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's worth a read. It's, it's a good book. Um, okay, so uh, when you become a touring act, do you have to run any gigs by you, for example, as a touring manager? And uh, how do open spots work? And do you take a percentage of paid work that isn't to do with the tour? If, for example, you booked... Say, say you booked someone into Manchester for two dates mm-hmm. and there's one in the middle and they have a spot in the middle they booked themselves. Is that... When, where, where does that come into for your role? Uh, there's a few questions there. Yeah. Um, but I'll try and break <laughs> that down. I said they were quick fire. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'll try and break that down. Um, when people are on tour, generally you want them to be unlisted, really, uh, for their circuit gigs, just because it does... It cannibalises the audience, mm. um, especially if they're close to, to tour venues. So, so in that sense... Uh, try and be as strict as possible um when you are booking things in because uh, we don't always look after their sort of live surf- circuit diaries mm. just their tour diaries um but we will go over and make sure look oh please you know make sure this is unlisted um make sure this is under the radar um 
but uh, I mean, the way I would personally work, um, I wouldn't take a cut of of any circuit work and things that they were doing at the same time, um, on the understanding that mm. they would, wouldn't be listing it, obviously. Yeah. Um, so that tends to be how how that works. Uh, it's usually quite a separate um, mm. situation, in my experience, anyway. Yeah. How would an act know if industry are talking about them in the early stages of that happening? Because obviously, you guys are discussing it. I wouldn't say behind closed doors, but we're just not involved in those conversations because sure. you would be meeting up with, as as we are meeting up as comedians, we don't tend to, you, as, well, maybe it's just me not being invited, but we, <laughs> we're, you know what I mean? It tends to be you guys are in one industry, we're in like sort of the other bit of it. Mm-hmm. How do we know that you're even, talk, or how would you find out that we're even talking about you in the early stages of that? Because it gets to a certain you know enough people are talking about you you might ring us or email us and go sure yeah sure i mean that is a very hard one to quantify i think it is that sort of slightly intangible almost pr level of uh, you know it's um where things start to uh take off really um i guess one of the ways to, to find anything out for certain is always to ask um but yeah it may not be the most obvious thing <laughs> just email in are you talking about me yeah <laughs> do you know who i am Tick yes or no. um do, do not email in uh, like no, the, 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 oh gosh that's an inbox <laughs> <laughs> um i guess it is yeah it is kind of intangible and it does tend to turn it starts out as whispers and then becomes you know a trickle which then becomes oh you know he's so hot right now um to quote zoolander um, I was hoping it was that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, in terms of, uh, of you knowing whether people are, I, I think, to be honest, um, you may not know. You may not know either way, uh, and that's always the terrifying thing when you're sort of putting yourself out there as a creative act. And I, I do understand and respect that um, that you have to continue to be the best you can possibly be until uh, these things become self-evident. Really, um, I wish there was a there was a, an easier way that I could explain that. Really, that we could all have a big board where we post notes from the end of the day's conversation or something you know but um I think that's probably the truth of it yeah yeah like rate my teacher rate my comedian yeah yeah, yeah. It's like, it's almost like a tinder app but just like... <laughs> they're already all on tinder i can tell you that now <laughs> um, but uh well because also it's take i i think you know the whole it takes 10 years to make an overnight mm-hmm. success i think because of the amount of people there are out there now it might not just be ten. I think it's sort of got longer for people to break through, or it feels like it might be taking. People. It can be. There is. I mean, as yeah, it's. But then like, there's always a. I do always feel like the cream will rise. I feel like this comes back to the thing. I keep saying over and over again. It is about quality, and it is about the best show and the best act. Um, what that means from year to year can be very different. Um, mm. You know what good looks like can change with fashions and mm. uh, and that sort of thing so there is always an element of of being you know in the right place at the right time as there is with any sort of entertainment industry i mean i wish there was a way that that wasn't true but it is just the same it is it is absolutely the same um i think that yeah the, the, a lot of a lot of becoming a good professional comedian does come from the sheer amount of time that you spend doing it i don't think that there is a shortcut for stage time i really don't um and you obviously have to have funny bones there but um mm. yeah earning your stripes is is still something that needs to be yeah. done i think yeah it's the malcolm gladwell ten thousand hours yeah thing. yeah yeah to yeah. a certain degree to a yeah. certain degree um but yeah it's, it's interesting i always think that the um the comedy industry is sort of evolving and changing um 
I feel like the there's less circuit uh, gigs out there uh, at the moment, but then there's more touring acts, and it's just mm. interesting to see which way the the pendulum shifts from time to time. Yeah, yeah. totally. And and I mentioned briefly earlier, like uh, X Factor and Britain's Got Talent and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. What are the? I wouldn't say the, well, maybe not just industry. What are your views on comedians that go on those? Is that career suicide, or is that actually something that you guys monitor? Or um, I think I mean personally, I'm not a huge fan of the <laughs> of the programs, but that's um. That's, that's just my personal view. I think that um, it can be a canny move for people, definitely. Um, I think because you're looking at mass exposure, like this is this is absolutely something that can break someone through to being a household name. Um, which, in in a sense, is that shortcut that you're looking between, you know, between you know, gigging around the country for for years and years and years, and you know, absolutely smashing it in front of x million people and um and your name being out there and you being known throughout the country if not further mm. so it, it can be a canny move i think i think it'll be a very canny move but i think it's something that you want to think all the way through all the way through mm. both sides because for everything that makes your household name there's always the other side of these sorts of things as well but um yeah so same with any other way anyway you can become a household name i guess yeah. yeah yeah there's a percentage of every audience you play to that won't like you yeah. yeah even when you're doing your own shows i imagine you know enough people will bring their partners or family friends or whatever enough people are not going to like you that if you do it in front of four million people you have to accept that maybe ten thousand people hated you it's a life lesson isn't it you can't please all the people all the time it's just the fact isn't it <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah totally totally um and when you're when you're looking at edinburgh um what is your opinion on free shows versus paid? Um, I think it's really interesting the way uh, the free fringe has started to develop over the last few years. I mean, obviously it's been there for a fair few years now, but I feel like it's come into its own in the last few years. Um, I think it's quite nice that there's there's different spaces with different expectations. Um, I think that's, again, I think it can only increase the, the creativity that sort of Edinburgh brings. Um, I think it allows you know, people to go and take chances. Um, but it also kind of, you know, with there still being the sort of like the paid fringe thing where it feels a little bit, you know, th- where there's more variables being controlled and that's, you know, you c- you know that you'll be able to give your absolute best because, you know, th- there won't be a leak concealing that sort of thing. Mm. Um, that's not to besmirch anyone else, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's interesting. There's lots of different models that are emerging and, um, yeah, I, I think it's it, it definitely is adding to the sort of, the, the creative fire I think we can gather yeah mm. and do you I don't want to say look down on or look up on but do you perceive a free show differently to a paid show or like it was... I think oh, and I get I guess I would be answering as a maybe more of a punter on mm. this one that I think you probably go with different expectations to different shows okay. definitely um I think you probably have you probably not a lower expectation like Ooh, um but um I think going into a free show you're taking a punt and all you're kind of investing is your time i mean if you really don't like it you can walk out putting no money in the bucket although that is incredibly rude um i was thinking anyway but um you know it's sort of so you probably have a a different expectation there whereas you have a different expectation um going into a paid uh uh, you know to a paid show which then can be like really pleasantly kind of met and becomes more of an occasion and that sort of thing um yeah i think that's true okay and we were talking before about your boat show. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you book or you... I do indeed, yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's been going 10 years, did you say? Uh, well, uh, the Monday Club, which Christian set up, uh, is 19 years old. And I've... But I've been... Um, 
working for the boat show for the last 10 years. So I've been there since we started doing all the weekends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how have you found, especially the London circuit? We'll call that like separate circuit. It, it kind of yeah. is. It's, it's its own thing. Um, I definitely noticed in the last 10 years that it's the weekend gigs specifically have, there's less of them. There is just less of them. Um, just, yeah, I, when I was a student and I first moved to, um, London for uni, I used to sit and read Time Out from page, you know, cover to cover and look at all the comedy listings everywhere and try and work out where everyone was. And they just started to shrink and shrink. And obviously, sort of, it became a point where Time Out didn't list every single one of yeah. those things. So that's obviously separate. But um, I do think that, um, I think, yeah, there was a sort of a bit of a contraction that happened. Um, but yeah, I guess it's about. It's about longevity, isn't it? <laughs> you know, keep yeah. yourself uh, keep yourself going. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I think I think that's definitely got smaller in the last. Um, I think that a lot of major towns would probably say the same thing. Um, maybe whether my experience started about ten years ago, which was off the back of a big sort of boom, where I did feel it was sort of like uh, there, there were just comedy clubs everywhere. There was yeah, every single day, every single sort of venue, there was a, a comedy club everywhere. So um, there's probably a natural contraction that happens off that yeah do you think there's a do you think it's a people's habits are changing so they're going out more in the week than the weekend for comedy or well i think people's habits are changing in terms of um as i say the rise of the touring touring act um so people are watching you know they're maybe watching less comics but investing more time and money in them right um yeah and, and therefore so because i think a lot of people's first point of contact with comedy now is is the tv um, rather than taking a punt on, you know, a comedy club as a form of entertainment. Um, okay. But yeah, we'll see. So the path to audiences, as it were, would be getting a spot on, say, the Apollo, just for mm -hmm. picking stuff out there, yeah, picking the Apollo and getting that to be released maybe three months before your tour so that someone who maybe Lovely like... Stuff. Yeah, that yeah. Would be, that's, that's what you try yeah. for. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, no, that's, it. that's interesting. Cause that would be ideal, but obviously that's that won't happen for everyone. But that is, yeah, that's what you would sell. Uh, okay, that's it. And do you think that's do you think that's just uh, the way that London is now? Or well, let's not say it's just London. That's just the way that people are who are of a certain demographic who work throughout the day. They just want to go home at the end of the day. They want to watch something a consistent. You know, they they, they want they want the security and safety of not having to take a risk of going to a club and seeing eight acts that might be rubbish. They want mm -hmm. some ones that have been curated for them and from the comfort of their own, maybe in their underwear, sat on the sofa, you know what I mean? Like the, the whole thing's much more comfortable to them. Or do you think it's just um, a case of the clubs themselves are attracting a different audience to the people that maybe sit at home and watch TV? Yeah, I'd say that actually, you know, it's probably widened widen the audience uh of, of having things like uh like yeah apollo that people that would maybe never have gone to a comedy club okay um those people would then maybe go out and um and see you know an act on tour or um well you'd like to hope it worked the other way around you'd have, like to hope that people see apollo and go oh, i think comedy's quite fun and you know would maybe take a punt on a on a comedy club mm. um yeah i think that's true yeah but I, if i if i wasn't in comedy and i was watching the apollo I'd go, oh, cool, I wonder where I can get tickets to go to the Apollo. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go... Yeah, 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 that is true. That is very true. So I do think that there, you're, there is a danger of people... Um, and, you know, and people do... People love a TV name for uh, for all sorts of things, uh, For definitely for, you know, regular gigs and for tours and things like that. Um, so the challenge... I guess for regular gigs, the challenge is to... Um, 
get people to trust your curation of it. Mm. Um, that, yeah, that, that they trust that they may not have seen that person on telly, but they've been before and it was excellent. Mm. So they know that, you know, this person is excellent, you know. How hard is it then to get your act onto something like the Apollo? Again, that's not necessarily my side. That's uh, that, okay. That'll be Christian's side, essentially, mm. Christian and Helena. Um, okay. So uh, they're better people to ask than me, essentially. <laughs> I, will, I will ask them to come on, don't worry. Sure. Um, well, I think that's pretty much going to be everything then, otherwise. Because <laughs> we're only going to go into we're only going to go into more specifics on... Well, I, w- I was going to ask sort of what you think uh, more of... So, because obviously TV isn't... Like, like competitions aren't... It's not good for everyone. Like, not everyone's going to flourish in that environment. Absolutely. So how would you promote an act who you felt would not do as well on TV? So you look at other ways of, of doing that, really. Um, mm. There's lots of ways that you can... Uh, it's about being creative and clever about things there's um there's other ways of meet you know uh, reaching people through again we come back to things like content on social media and things like that um and just kind of working alongside you know and having having a great show to sell something that's got a bit of an angle to it is always mm. helpful um and and you play up to that essentially mm. um yeah i think it's it, without doing without doing specifics or anything because I don't want to give too much away but um uh, yeah so it's about being clever and creative about it I think there's a, it, I think that's sort of one of our mottos as a as a company it's never no is never our last answer essentially yeah you I mean if you want to give like an example of something you've worked on that's already happened that you're really proud of that was like a creative campaign that you ooh that's what we think uh, I'm trying to think of something that's not too obvious um. <sighs> Well, I guess it's. I mean, I guess it's uh, many, many years ago. It's a couple of years ago, and it's an everything rather than a tour thing. But we um, we bought the blanks, uh, which is ten band, Ted's band from Scrubs. Oh, I love the blanks. Sorry, yeah, they're amazing. So Sorry. we yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we brought those over to do Edinburgh yeah. um, in a three hundred seater, and um, so it was an interesting creative mix of kind of using because obviously Scrubs had been sort of done for a while yeah. then, um, and it was definitely one of those things of going i kind of know what this is but i don't so it was about um they created a really fun um online video that we kind of helped to go viral and we kind of got everyone lots of people in edinburgh sort of really psyched about this and doing the dance from the video Mm. um got some well-placed kind of uh radio one coverage and things like that because it's not the sort of thing that you could sort of pop on telly Mm. so easily um so it was about um yeah, working with uh, with great PR, obviously, to um, to get on some interesting places mm. that we could publicise that. But uh, yeah, good use of um, social media and and kind of yeah, re- really re- reinforcing it's that it's these guys. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, people were taking a real punt on that because mm. uh, it is sort of you know it's it's an acapella show, which is yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. a funny acapella show, which is a little bit out of a lot of people's uh, comfort zone. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's all in the way that you put things together and, and sell it to people, I think, yeah. I remember when I first saw them on Scrubs, they reminded me of the Howl's band in uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Ah. Yeah, and I was, and I always used, to, and I remember sitting there thinking, I really hope this is not just another band for like a TV show, or whatever. And so I googled them, and I was like, they're real. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes, it's they're at uni. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they're yeah. amazing. They're amazing. I'll link to them, guys, in the show notes. <laughs> um, they're definitely worth checking out. They're they're annoyingly good. Um, but yeah, so um, well, okay, so when we're talking about social media, um, I don't know if mm-hmm. you're because this is the, this is the really interesting part is that um, from from I don't want to say from. 
different perspective. Well, it is from different perspectives. So from my perspective as a performer, you sort of get a little bit more of an overview of what other performers are creating and putting up online than mm-hmm. you probably do because otherwise you, you just physically can't do yeah. your job as well as... Hours, hours in the day, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, for example, do you know... Um, this is gonna sound, if you don't know what this is, it's going to sound weird. Do you know Ask Raptor on YouTube? I know Ask Raptor, yes, Yeah, yeah. So my friend so, runs yeah. that, right? Oh, really? And, I've always yeah. wondered who it is. Yeah, it's not me, by the way. It's no, not, it's fine. No. I mean, like, don't worry. I'm not going <laughs> to take anything down. But I've always wondered who it was because yeah. obviously they've got all the, well, the best clips. Yeah, well, this is the thing. So uh, we got in contact because I do a lot of stuff on social media mm. and, and I said to, he was having a lot of legal trouble because... Yeah, I can he, understand. So I'll quickly explain to anyone who doesn't actually know who Ask Raptor is. Yeah, sorry. Is. That sounds like we're doing some weird cult thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ask Raptor, if you go to YouTube and type in Ask Raptor... <laughs> Keep saying it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you see how many times I can say it because yeah. then it loses all meaning and then it sounds yeah, like a normal yeah. thing. So anyway, if you go to YouTube and you type in Ask Raptor, you'll find a YouTube account which is run by... I'm not going to say who because I don't want him getting inundated. But he's, he's, a, he's a guy I know who... Um, he basically uploads clips that he's ripped from Live at the Apollo or yeah, any any sort of stand-up set that's occurred on TV and puts them up there for free for people who cannot watch them on the iPlayer or Channel 4 or whatever around the world so that comedians get bigger audiences, essentially, and it means that people are more discoverable online. Uh-huh. And he got into a lot of trouble legally with the BBC, for example, who... Fair enough, they've got their yeah, own, it's you their know... copyright, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 yeah, and you can understand why they would be annoyed by it, And but he was like... I feel like I'm doing the comedians a favour here. I'm, you know, I'm not getting paid for this. None of these ones have got adverts on them, and if and the ones that do adverts on are not ones I've enabled. They're not. I don't get paid for this or anything. I'm just trying to do it because I love comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's. Uh, I I sort of un- I wondered like sort of what your thoughts were on people doing stuff like that because comedians are split between I don't like my material going up online like that because then I have to burn it. But then if you've done it on TV anyway, how much are you gonna have to burn it anyway? And yeah. To a certain degree, I mean, yeah, I guess this is a sort of, uh, these are my views and not necessarily the views of CKP because it's one of those things. <laughs> um, I've always sort of thought, yeah, as you say, with with TV stuff, generally speaking, you kind of need to put it to one side once it's done. Mm. Um, that, that's just generally the, the way that it goes. Um, and I think there's definitely something that could be said for uh, having those things online and available. Um, they can actually increase. I'm sure I read something about uh, Monty Python uh, stopped taking down all of their sort of clips and then they saw their DVD sales spike, essentially. Because yeah. um, it keeps you in people's minds and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, so personally, I think, I don't know, if you've done it for TV, then it's sort of, no, it's definitely not in the public domain because that's what copyright's for. Yeah. But uh, so public domain is the wrong word, but uh, it's definitely out there already. Um, I think that people get very upset if you record them in a live uh, way. Um, rightly so. Uh, it, people get very annoyed um, being filmed in a live. Mm-hmm. So and, uh, I can totally agree with that. Also because I, uh, it's a personal bugbear of people not experiencing live events and watching it through yeah. a fucking iPhone, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. No, I understand that. No, I mean, like I was telling you before, I've written this book and it's called uh, How to Make a Living by Working for Free. Mm-hmm. And it's all about creating a relationship with an audience through free content that you've shared online. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I firmly believe that performers in particular are not just performers anymore. They should be cultivating communities, not just audiences, because it should be a two-way street between you and the audience you're mm. dealing with because you know otherwise there's nothing to latch onto because there's too many of us right now you need to not just not stand for something but you need to have something that means they can want to talk to you and want to want to talk about you as well mm. um, and I think 
he's doing a great job and i and i'm for it if he can find a way around it legally i should point that out i mean like i'm not yeah i mean yeah. At, the, at the end of the day copyright is copyright and that's yeah. what people yeah i think it's that that needs to be respected because yeah, that's, uh, that's how yeah that's how mm. a lot of artists make livings and that's how the companies that make the livings for the other artists yeah. uh, you know that's how they um do that but i i definitely think it's um yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, if, if you take aside the, the copyright issue, which is kind of impossible to do so. Um, <laughs> you put aside a little. <laughs> but there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people that do put their own content online. A lot of apps yeah. do that, um, as you say. Uh, so I think that's, that, you know, that's definitely a model, definitely a model. Hmm. Um, what is the best bit of advice you've ever been given? Ooh, that's interesting. Um... Mm-hmm. Oh, really, that sounds quite profound, doesn't it? Do you want me to ask something else and come back to it? Yeah, come back to that. Okay. I'll think of something good because I don't want to say anything that's a bit like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this is one of my favourite questions to ask, and I'm sorry that we might have to come back to this one as well. Um, what is the thing that you do that no one really gets to see that you you sort of think this is this is the thing that like makes my job so getting up for in the morning like this is the exciting part of my day and and, and of a tour maybe of organizing a tour oh i love loads of things about my job um okay. but it's got to be the thing that no one really gets to see no so one really gets to see yeah. um the satisfaction of uh a completed tour sheet so i have a, a tour sheet that runs from the very start of working with someone and to the final settlement and it will contain every pencil and every blah 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 and all the incomings and outgoings and everything that's been involved in it and uh and yeah and then it's it's lovely there's a sort of it's it's such a huge it can be a huge project mm. so it's lovely kind of seeing it reach completion definitely yeah yeah i'm a bit of a spreadsheet nerd as well yeah. so it's fine <laughs> yeah. um okay and what is the best bit of advice you have for someone who has a show let's actually let's split it mm. for someone who has a show who wants to get a tour manager to help them mm-hmm. and someone who has a show who wants to do it on their own um okay so uh i think for in, in terms of getting people to help you with your tour i think that's uh, start approaching people really um look at look at who you admire and look who they work with um go to them go, or see if there's anyone that could give you recommendations people that you think um so it's always a good one to think you know what does good look like um for you so that's that's a good place to start really um what what's your best outcome and how do you start working towards achieving that essentially mm. um and in terms of doing it yourself i think it is there is uh don't be paralyzed by fear probably because mm. there are a lot uh, lots of risks to be taken um and all you can do is is try and play the odds the best you can and try and error and all that sort of thing yeah mm. okay um and what is the best bit of advice you've ever been given <laughs> mm-hmm. um i think uh if you can do something a tiny bit better the next day than you did yesterday then you're moving in the right direction oh i like that that's cool because that's like such an incremental thing that it's... yeah i think that's sort of that's uh, it's really important to remember and that's that's the same with any big project or anyone anything that works with big projects it can seem gargantuan and huge and it really is about breaking things down into tiny little bits and just doing the best you can every single day um if there's any way to again that phrase nudge the needle yeah (laughs) 
Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Ah, thanks very much, Simon. That was Ali. I love chatting to her. She's so full of life and lovely and just knows so much. And I really wish I had more time to talk to her, to be honest with you. She was great. And I hope you got a lot out of it. If you are looking at going to Edinburgh, I'm not sure if CKP are still looking, but give them a a message. Uh, All the links are in the show notes. They're absolutely lovely to chat to and work with. And I really enjoyed having them on. If you need any help with Edinburgh, on my website, uh, simonkane.co.uk forward slash indie guides, there's a guide to putting together your show. There's also a guide to making a press release, which has all the tips and advice that I've got from different PRs and journalists that I've had on this show, as well as ones that I haven't, but have given me the information to share with you. Uh, and it's all up there for free. Also, there's a list of PR and marketing people on simonkane.co.uk forward slash podcast which would give you a load of interviews of other PRs and people who will be able to help you advertise your show. Basically loads of good stuff on my website. Also on my website, you can find information about my show in Bath. I'm doing the Bath Comedy Festival on Sunday the 10th of April at 3pm at the Bath Brewhouse. So if you can come down to that, that'd be great. It's free entry or you can reserve yourself a £5 ticket online and you can find all the details of that over on my website or on the Bath Fringe website. That'd be amazing. If you would like to support the podcast in any other way, please do join the Facebook group. You can find it by typing RC Industry Podcast into Facebook and join it there. It's the best place to find out about future guests. We've got some great people coming on. You could also ask your questions exclusively to future guests there. And uh, that's that's pretty much the only place you can get it done because it's easier for me if it's all centralised in one place. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for joining. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast and you think this episode and the ones you've listened to are worth 80p or $1 is the equivalent, please consider becoming a Patreon. I would really, really love to get us up to the next target on our Patreon. I think it would take about 50 of you to each donate $1 per episode to get us up to $100, which is amazing. It would really help me out with budgets and future shows and just covering my time and costs for the admin of this show. So if you are enjoying it, I'm not asking for loads of money. Just $1 would be absolutely amazing. If you listen this far, uh, I can only assume that you're a big fan of the show and you don't mind me pleading you for money. So please do that. That would really help out and support the, the future of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for supporting. Thank you very much for coming to see me in Bath, if you do, maybe. See you in about 10 days' time. Bye! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.